Welcome to Kid Tech, a podcast series about the kids' digital media space. I'm your host today, Craig Donaghy. I'm the Head of Community and Insight for PopJam, which is Super Awesome's safe social platform for under-13s. And today I'm joined again by Sam Clark, who's a Strategic Insights Consultant, and she works primarily in the kids and parents sector. Thank you, Craig. It's lovely to see you again. Thanks, Sam. So today we're going to have a chat about family democracy. Um, in brackets, what are kids influencing in the home? So obviously this is really important and um, we've touched in the past upon things like pester power, but obviously that is just one of those throwaway terms. There's so many different elements to it. Um, or is that one of the key things? And. Um- Gosh, where do we start with this? I think the the thing there there are loads of th- ways that we could start this. Pest pest power is um, just too small a scope in terms of what kids the role that kids have within the home, um, and I think the key is actually it, it is absolutely it's a democracy, and I think there's been a real shift in the relationship that parents have with their children, the role that children have over the whole purse, the whole spending within a household, um, and to, to kind of label it, label it as pester power really demeans what it actually is. It's a it's a real conversation. It's a two-way street. It's a negotiation on, on every single thing from the, the sweets that they buy on whatever sweet day is to the you know the car that you buy um as a parent so um yeah it's it's enormous um and, and where do we go from here because there's so much to say so i guess maybe what i'd ask is in terms of the research that you've done what have been the most surprising findings um well it's really interesting we're doing some work with super awesome actually at the moment looking at the, that family influence and we've been speaking to parents and children um across six different markets and um, so it's super exciting to see the the country differences and we're still in the middle of the analysis but some of the things that have really struck me are um the acknowledgement by parents that um children influence absolutely every single purchase from um you know the tools that dad buys the clothes that mum buys for herself um to to absolutely the things that you buy in the supermarket or the toys or whatever. So so across everywhere, they acknowledge that, that children influence every purchase to a greater or lesser degree. Um, what's also then fascinating is the, the recognition that children have in this power dynamic in that they also say they influence all these things, but to a lesser extent than the parents say. So, you know, there there is definitely... Um, a kind of underestimation of what the children, the, the power that the children think they have um, versus the power that the parents feel they have. So there's a that's that's super interesting for, for me anyway, especially as a parent. Um, the There are some interesting differences across the countries as well in terms of the categories that they influence. But one of the other things that I found quite fascinating is that um, uh, where children are less... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, invested in the, in the purchase. So like I said, the tools or the kitchen appliance or, or um, what mum and dad wear, there is a, there is more alignment. Where, they're, where they really, really want something, there is less alignment. So I think it's, you know, where they really care about something, they're not quite sure of the power that they have um, because maybe they're hearing no more often then, you know, I want this or I want that. So it's a conversation they pay more attention to because the outcome is greater for them. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's um, it's very, very interesting. But, you know, even, and I'm sure every parent that listens to this will agree, you know that the child has, you know, factors in every decision that you make from, you know, the holiday to, you know, what cereal I'm going to buy. Um, so in regards to the statement you made at the beginning that almost kids are having an effect on every 
purchase and you mentioned things like tools how would they have enough enough sort of any impact or influence on that yeah it's so i think it's really i'm just trying to vocalize this um a tool i think is more you know they might go to b&q with their parents and be there whilst they're, they're buying something or they might be aware of a particular brand um or it might be that i'm buying i'm building this ikea whatever for my daughter's bedroom and i need to go and get x thing and the child has clocked that father needs to get or mother actually I should say needs to go and get you know whatever it is to build this thing that is directly affecting them so sometimes the influence is um uh not um what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> not direct but it's there yeah so do you think i guess the, the very sort of essence of having children means there's going to be an impact on your daily life right through to maybe having um spending money in a different way so maybe that parent is buying a different tool because they had to spend a large amount of money on lol dolls or car seat yeah or specifically is it down to things like maybe they're tight a bit more sort of time poor so they're having to make purchases quicker or maybe they have children there so they just want to get that shopping experience over or they want to shop online all all, all of the all of the above actually and we know that in particular millennial parents who are different from um, the previous generations of parents are um, really protective of their time and one of the things that is really interesting actually when we're looking at the data is the importance of um, family time that comes through. Now if family time, if in enhancing your family time is about making um, purchases of things that are convenience driven because it you know it gives me more time to do whatever it is that I want to do with my family or for myself, then then that absolutely is part of the play. But also um, entertainment, you know, things that constitute good family fun um there is a there is a real two-way influence on that as well and so we're seeing again from lots of things coming through that children are influencing decisions around um what tv packages they take so are they buying or subscribing to, to netflix are they su subscribing to you know nickelodeon or amazon K kids are part of that conversation they're also part of where they go out on days out you know are they going to the zoo are they going to a theme park are they going wherever um or they're also um you know, it's it's also they're just tied up in all of those individual little decisions about how you spend your family time, and that's why it's really important that we look at any kind of purchase as a as a democratized decision because the parent is making you know those high higher level decisions about budget and time and everything else, but it's also about maximizing that those moments that we have together. So how are the different ways in which kids are influencing their parents? So we've spoken specifically about sort of just their very existence um, in a beautiful way, of course. But what are the ways that children are influencing their parents on purpose? Yeah. So children are really sophisticated and they have a huge array of tools in which they can um, work out how to influence their parents. Um, and it's, it's really varied um, from creating PowerPoints about why they need X, Y, or Z, um, which is it's just lovely. Oh, I mean, it's lovely. I mean, <laughs> scary. it's very efficient. Um, very efficient. Um, what they do a lot of, actually, is um, 
texting or emailing links, normally kind of texting or WhatsApping links to whatever it is they want to buy, um, then with a great big rationalisation, um, either verbally or written, as to why they need such and whatever it is. Um, but it's also interesting when you talk to children that they have a range of different different negotiating tactics based on their own parent. So I, I was talking to some children in, in a focus group recently about this, and I had um, three or four different kind of tactics replayed to me. There was a girl who said, um, I just, um, if I really, 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 really want something, I know that I just have to say it once at a really good moment and they'll listen to it. If I bombard them with, I want it, I want it, I want it, they don't buy it for me on, on principle. So she's she's worked out what the best way is to to, to get to her parents is it's it's um you know very sophisticated and then there was another one who went no I just have to just it's attrition I just have to go over and over and over again and that's that pester power approach um there were ones that were were saying well if it's you know if the, if it does some good or I've done something you know I've done a chore or I've kind of like balanced it out in some way it's that that kind of negotiation if I do this then you'll get me that um so so they there are a huge array of tactics that children have not only do they have them at their disposal, they've worked out what works best on their parents, how to press those buttons. That's incredibly interesting. And hard when you're a parent. So in regards to, say, the child who highlighted mention it, mentioning it at the right time, there's a specific moment. Did they say when that might be? Is that during family time? Is that during a moment when they feel like they're being listened to? Or I think it varies according to the moment. Now, this particular girl had um, three siblings and um, obviously there's a lot of noise in the house. Um, so for her, it was about making sure that she had the parents' attention um, and asking at the right time. But, you know, there are, um, you know, examples where you've got a lot of um, noise in the household and actually you, you get your parent at the their weakest moment when they've picked up the phone or, you know, when they're working or, or whatever it is or they're you know attending to another another child um so it's again it's very personalized there's a really personalized approach to um making the most of your democratic options as a child it sounds incredibly tactical and strategic i think as well yeah <laughs> you know, no, it completely it's, it's, worked out <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating um on pop Gen, we've asked um kids some questions about you know the things that they can influence um and how they do it so specifically on our say uh, content sharing platform we don't collect any information although we ask kids questions and um we can kind of gather and collate the most mentions and kids a lot of the kids felt like they weren't necessarily listened to but then what we saw when we looked into it were some slightly more tactical things like asking at the right moment um, and then sometimes playing parents off one another. Absolutely. With examples being, I will ask my dad and dad might say, ask your mom and then I'll ask mom. And I guess during that kind of Chinese whispers, uh, passage, passing uh, the message across, just being like, dad says it's okay. Did you see much kind of parents being played against uh, each other? All the time, all the time. And um, it's that that is... That's kind of a rite of passage as a child. You you, you do that um, and you're working out how to negotiate other situations as you get older, aren't you? Um, there's also the whole sibling dynamic as well. If you've got siblings and how you work your siblings to 
work for you as well. Um, yeah. which again Minions is, yes, in the tactics. It's, it's very, very um, interesting how that whole family works together to do things. Um, and, and a holiday actually is a, is a key um is a key example. So we know from from work that we did last year around holidays that um, <clears throat> the, the decision to go on the main family holidays is almost always taken as some kind of democratic decision across the family. Um, so cons- there's a consultation that goes on. Where should we go? Um, what kind of holiday should we do? You know, what are the you know what's the key thing that you really want as a you know do you want a swimming pool? Do you want a beach? Do you want a city break? Blah blah blah, um, and the siblings can work together to make sure that they get what they really, really want. You know, so if one child says, I want to go to Disneyland and the other child says, oh, no, I want a seaside holiday, that that's really divisive. But if both children go, well, I want I want, a Di- I want to go to Disneyland, then the, the parents are more likely to um, listen or be swayed. Um, so there's there's all sorts of they're, they're, they're wily and clever. I mean, it's totally fascinating because I wonder if that conversation is led by one child in particular, at what point do they sit down and almost like negotiate? Again, the word tactics. Yeah, what, how are we going to play this? I think that's a really interesting question. I might have to kind of dig into that a little bit more to see whether they are um, yeah. Who's working, the working, the in, working in collaboration to, to, get, to get what they want. Um, yeah. But that's interesting because one of the things we always say about Pop Jam is um, kids naturally collaborate. And obviously, like any community experience, there are clashes or things that don't necessarily happen. But um, organically, they will collaborate incredibly easily and generously. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also really interesting because if you look, think, I think there's a parent dynamic that comes into that as to whether you, whether. You, whether you go with kind of the lowest common denominator approach. So I'm going to do this because um, it suits the youngest child or and they, their needs are the greatest, or I'm going to do this because this is what most people want, or they go with the one that is slightly more adventurous or older and that the younger child has to, to come up as well. Um, yeah, it's hard as a parent. We specifically had mentions from Pop Jammers where they spoke about having influence over food purchases more than anything else in their house. Um, They said, a soundbite from one of them, being an only child, my parents ask me many things on what we do. I am not very good at choosing, especially if there is too much choice, which is probably something to talk about after. I'm a very picky eater, so they usually ask me what we should eat for dinner and lunch. Yeah, so I've heard that so many times um that you know it's and it's not just only children um but the picky eater rules the family menu regardless of the family construction um because you either have to create a a different meal for that picky child or if you really don't if you don't want to be cooking five different things and you've got five different picky children um you're constructing uh, something that makes everyone happy in some way, shape, or form. So it's pasta, probably, um, and that that is really, really difficult as a parent. So you do, I think, and we've seen this in in research with kids and with parents, um, think really, really carefully about what the children like when you're doing the family shop. Um, and there are certain categories where children are kind of let loose in t- in the supermarket aisle or on online shop and things like dairy produce or um you know cereals are things where it's much more permissive for parents to go okay you, you go and choose that because we know that 
you'll eat that. You know, does that, does that lead essentially to like an easy life in the morning when getting ready for school? Absolutely. Um, or it leads to, you know, that it's why for a pre, with preschool children in particular, you get a lot of um, licensed brands because the children are choosing, you know, the the Bing, whatever, um, because they, they're they watching the brand on TV and therefore the, or, or on YouTube or wherever they're, they're consuming that content um, and creating that kind of acceptance loop. It's it's very, very interesting how how the children um, influence the food basket. Um, another child said, I do get a say in food. Uh, again, I'm a picky eater, so I don't have many options to choose from. Um, I usually get a say in tech because I'm usually the one asking for it. I wondered if you saw any patterns around technology. Where I, I feel like also kids mentioned, um, as well as food, holidays and tech. But if you, maybe you can go into tech a little bit and then holidays after. Yeah, although we've talked a little bit about holidays already. So, um, but um, the, yeah, absolutely holidays they do. Tech, um, w- there is a kind of phrase that the child is the kind of... Um, chief technical officer of a home um and and we see that often um as they get older they tend to be more informed and make more informed choices but actually even when they're younger parents are thinking about the um the the suitability of the item or the appropriateness or how to set it up for the child um as they get you know kind of 10 11 12 plus they're giving really informed choices as to what kind of tech should come into the home um and they really know stuff as well so so absolutely tech is one of the key areas that that children influence tends to be more boys than girls at the moment may change one of the things that popped up for us as well um were what they got to help choose so food and tech and specifically um what they get to guide on, which I felt was less of a, I get to choose, but I'm heard. Um, and on that, anything to do with homework, um, arguments and happiness. So almost kids get into almost taking responsibility for soothing anything or creating a happy home, like feeling like that they were responsible for these things. That's really, really interesting. I, I mean, that's not something that I've necessarily looked into um, in great detail, but it does feel to me that children are um, naturally looking for a, a kind of harmonious environment. They hate it when their parents argue. So they will look to be the person that tries to to, to smooth things over. Um, what was the other thing that you said at the start of that list that, that was... A, so homework 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 (laughs) homework is the area which causes the most arguments so um they may not feel like they they have any control over it because they're being told constantly to do their homework um so it's not necessarily and and they've got no there is no decision to be made about homework they have to do it um but but there might potentially be decisions i'd imagine on how they're helped with it, for example. Uh, I know that, so for example, quite a lot of my friends, um, when their kids are presenting homework to them, it's things that they might not necessarily understand. So they feel a little bit more like, okay, look online, ask, uh, you know, ask Alexa. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes, absolutely. That does happen. And But I think there's there's also a kind of parental mindset as well as to whether you do or don't enforce your child to do their homework. Or, and, and then, you know, what level of helicoptering you put over that enforcement of your children doing, your home, doing their homework. There's a big difference between primary school and senior school as well, um, specifically on that. I don't know what my children are doing um, or their GCSE science is far too high for me, but I can help my you know, seven-year-old with their reading project. So it does depend on the child and homework and 
parent. Um, one of the things you mentioned that was really interesting was how sophisticated kids were in terms of sending links to their parents. And then also, um, as well as these amazing PowerPoint presentations, um, were they sending things like reviews? And also, were they using um, things to their advantage, like saying, this is educational, this is environmental? Yeah, I, just, again, I, I guess again, again yeah. So they, again, they they have a they're really sophisticated in what they do. So they and I think we talked about this in the shopping project that I was or the shopping discussion that we had a few weeks ago. Um, so they um, research everything they want online anyway, um, and reviews are a really important part of that process. So they'll go on Amazon typically. Um, find the link for whatever they want with the price on it um, and then they'll work out th- they'll work out which one they want based on the reviews so they're not necessarily using the reviews as part of their negotiation but they'll have ma- they'll have used it as part of their decision making as to which you know outfit they wanted or which tech toy they wanted or, or whatever it is um and and then put it through their link on to their parents in, in that way um and then the kind of additional arguments definitely come around it. I think sustainability and environmentalism is quite an interesting one because the kids are absolutely all over that at the moment, probably more so than their parents. So it's probably not necessarily something that, unless your parents are like-minded, would be a swaying factor for, for the parent, is for the child. Um, but there are other things that you know they'll talk, they'll think about price, for example, or durability, or quality, or all those kind of quite functional things that adults think about that maybe aren't so important for children. Do you think that kids are um, obviously children are being influenced by a number of things, uh, specific advertising and influencers? Do you think children are likely to share adverts? Or do you think they're likely to share anything like influencers who are doing unboxing or product reviews? I think. So I don't have any evidence that they are actively sharing like snippets of content in that way. Um, but what they certainly do is talk about it if they're watching it with their parents. So we know that parents co-game, they co-view YouTube, they co-view all kinds of other kind of screen content with their children. And if there is advertising in those scenarios, there is a conversation that happens around things that they are interested in. I mean, they're not going to talk about something, you know, bleach if they're not interested, you know, but they will talk about the latest toy or a bit of tech or or whatever it is that they're doing or or a holiday advert if they want to go there. Um, So it's about... um, in situ conversations, I think, that then seed the idea for when they then send them the link to whatever. And just to conclude, what do you think your kind of top three takeaways would be? My favourite question in the world. Oh, no. Um, Okay. The the most important thing to take away is is the extent to which children influence every, every single decision within the home. So it's not just what you buy, it's what you do as a parent and as a family. Um, number two would be the importance of good quality family time and, um, purchases and activities that fuel and enhance and enable that good quality family time because that builds into the family democracy. Um, and then I guess the last thing would be, um, that, that huge range of negotiation tactics and, and deep thinking that goes into making making sure that your parents do what you want them to do. So the balance of power is entirely with the children. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to you joining us again. Very soon, I hope. <laughs>